This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Do you know Farmer Froberg? Over one million people do. He's a real multi-generational Texas farmer who happened to do some things that got him very well known in a good way. He'll share how that happened and what we can learn from it to help us in agriculture and life. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside and is brought to you by Pivot Bio. When it comes to using nitrogen on my corn, the more predictable, the better. That's why I've used Pivot Bio Proven 40 on my corn for the past two seasons. With Pivot Bio, I know my crops are getting the nitrogen they need, no matter the weather. And now, that same predictability is available right on the corn seed. Pivot Bio Proven 40 on seed gives growers even more flexibility with their nitrogen. Our on-farm field demonstrations show an opportunity for a better ROI and a reduction of synthetic nitrogen. Turn to a better nitrogen with Pivot Bio. I hope you'll learn more. Just contact your local sales rep or go to pivotbio.com. If over one million people know one specific farmer, you probably suspect that he's either a TV star or well-known on social media. In this case, the latter is correct, but it all happened a bit by accident, but also with some thought and planning. Tyler Froberg is a multi-generational farmer who has military service and education in his background. His desire to share lessons from the farm ended up gaining him quite an audience and teaching him, and hopefully us, a lot about the world in which we grow food for the billions of others living on this planet. Whether you are on social media or not, you'll be interested in how this happened, what he's sharing on a variety of platforms, and what we can take away to help us in our daily lives. Here's our conversation. Tyler Froberg is my guest. He lives in uh, Alvin, Texas. And Tyler, we're certainly going to talk about farming, but we're going to get into several subjects, including some of the outreach, uh, so to speak, that you do with others, probably mostly outside of agriculture. So we'll talk about that here in a second. But why don't we start with this? Uh, Tell people about where you farm and what you farm, because it's perhaps a little bit different than uh, a lot of our listeners. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, in today's age, when most people think of farming, they're thinking of corn, soybeans, uh, maybe even in our area, cotton and rice down here in southeast Texas. But that, that is not what we grow. So I am a fourth-generation produce farmer. So specifically, we grow a lot of greens, like lettuce, mustard greens, collard greens, uh, with our biggest crop being strawberries. So it- – Talk about that business. You, I think, were in the military for a while and then decided to come back into it. Was it ever a decision for you to get back into farming? Talk about the route to to do what you do today. I knew that I always wanted to be in agriculture, but I didn't know the hand that I was dealt because I was the youngest son of the youngest son. And anyone listening involved in agriculture knows what that means. (laughs) And so, you know, my uncle was running the family farm. So after I got out of the army, I came back to the family farm for a little while, but I really decided that I wanted to go get a formal education. And so I decided uh, while working on the family farm that I was going to go ahead and start school. So I went to school and received my bachelor's in uh, plant and soil science with a concentration of vegetable production. 
from Texas Tech University, Reckham Tech. Uh, and, and after that, made my way into the classroom. And uh, I always like to say I served as an agriculture science teacher for uh, a couple of years because I do believe that that it is a it is a servitude job. You know, we are contributing to the future of the industry uh, as an agriculture educator. And then while 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 serving as as an ag teacher, I got recruited for a really unique opportunity. I got recruited to run a nonprofit farm, meaning it's a farm that that's a nonprofit ran by a board that has a specific mission. And this this little produce farm's mission was to grow produce for their community. It was a pretty uh, food insecure community, as well as train veterans to be farmers. So I was going to get to interact with fellow veterans all while doing what I love, and that's growing produce. And so I ran that farm for uh, about three years, which which was the time of the grant that that this farm received to do the military training. And uh, once that grant was up, I kind of did what I was supposed to do, if you will, and came back to the family farm. So today, I guess that's mostly your full-time job. Is that right, being on the farm uh, there? Th- that is correct. Uh, you, I will say you can count the, the social media content creation as another full-time job. <laughs> well, well, let's jump over to that because, uh, you know, I, we've had guests before talk about social media. Let's talk, first of all, about how you got into it. And then secondly, we'll talk about who you're reaching out to. So first of all, I mean, all of us have been around social media, I think, but did you ever have an inkling you would go down this path and how did you get started with what you were doing? So like most other social media content creators, I never thought I would go down that route. I didn't even have a Facebook page. I had no personal social media before starting this journey. But while when I was running the nonprofit farm, I missed teaching. And while I was training the veterans, we were training by working. And so we were teaching by working. I missed that formal education, teaching people, you know, in a, in a very formal way, and especially the youngsters. FFA played such a big role in my childhood. And, um, and I missed that interaction that I would get as an ag teacher. And so I kind of took a step back and said, you know, it, it would be really hard to bring that number of FFA members to the farm. While it's been done, it's really hard to do that on a regular basis. And so what if I tried to bring the farm to them? And I kind of thought about it for a second and said, well, you know, where, where are all of these FFA members at? And they're on TikTok. (laughs) And so one day, it sounds so silly when I say it out loud, right? But one day I made a TikTok account and just kind of started making a few little farming videos, whether it be just a, this is what we're doing today out in the field, or this is what a French breakfast radish looks like. What I didn't expect to happen is that A, my long-term audience wouldn't end up being that that FFA member that I kind of thought I was targeting in the beginning. And then B, of course, that I would have viral videos going, you know, blowing up and getting 700,000 followers on TikTok and over 100,000 on Instagram. So how did that happen? Uh, you know, some people aspire to be <laughs> a social media superstar. Was it one video? What What happened to blow things up for you? Yeah, so it, it definitely wasn't one single video. I actually approached social media the same way that I approached growing produce. I, 
I, I take a problem. I try to, I don't rush into anything. I try to create a really, really logical solution. And if that solution works, I rinse and repeat, you know? <laughs> and so I applied that logic to social media on let's try a few different things, try to fix some problems if something doesn't go right. And then when I finally found a few things that work, I just stuck to that. And, and what that thing was, was growing advice. And, you know, as a produce farmer, especially when we're in the presence of, of corn growers and soybean growers and these really, really large farms in the Midwest, we, we have this stigma about ourselves that like, we don't want to be grouped into the gardening community. Like we're, we're raising, we're raising produce for, for a market to, to be consumed. You know, we're not, we're not raising produce in a raised bed in our backyard, but I finally put that stigma aside and I made a little, a couple of little videos of giving the everyday person growing advice, right? Advice that we were practices we were doing on the farm that could be applied to that gardening uh, or excuse me, to that garden in the backyard. And once I started that, something just clicked and, and I realized that the general audience out there is a lot bigger than the ag audience. And if I could reach them with, with that growing advice content, then when I make my advocacy content, they're going to see it. And so in my opinion, it was kind of this unique way to educate folks on the whole entire ag industry um, and reach all of those people that just weren't being reached before. So on TikTok, which is your main uh, platform, you are not known as Tyler Froberg. Is that right? <laughs> That's correct. My my handle is is Farmer Froberg on all platforms, and and that seems to have perhaps intrigued people as well because uh, <laughs> I mean Tyler Froberg's a fine name, but Farmer Froberg, I guess there's a <laughs> ring to it. Is that right? You know, you know, I agree. I grew up in a family with titles. And so, you know, you, you, I would never dare call my uncle just Alfred. He is Uncle Alfred. You know, I would never dare call my Aunt Lisa Lisa. She's Aunt Lisa. Everyone had a title. And so when I was kind of approaching uh, the, the social media concept, I kind of resonated with that of let me give myself a title that, that really will sum up what my content is. And flow, you know, it kind of has the the Marvel comic superhero type thing. Peter Parker, uh, <laughs> Farmer Froberg, that double F, right? It definitely flows. It's catchy. Uh, people remember it, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, so at this point, you know, people listening to this may say, "Okay, well, this is a nice story, and you know, Tyler's doing some TikTok videos and so forth." When did this become, in a sense? I don't know, maybe it's your primary business, your second business. This is part of your life and career and part of the way not only do you reach people, but also uh, make money, correct? Uh, that's absolutely correct. You know, there's lots of there's lots of different people out there talking about, uh, you know, the money that can be made in in social media creation. And while that's not necessarily why I, why I do it or why I started it, it's definitely something that has happened. And so it was a slow start. You know, I did, <laughs> I didn't see really any type of benefit other than feeling good about sharing information until I was nearly 18 months into it. And there's definitely people that it takes longer than that. It's just, you know, you have to really grind at it. Um, 
but but it did it started happening and and uh you know a benefit that some people may not think about we we have a little produce stand on the farm and we do agritourism and so just the association that i had with my family's farm and and it bringing people out to to spend money on the farm we always like to say in agritourism like boots on the ground is what's making you money and so bringing people out to the operation that social media helped grow that part of that of the business um and then of course i've had the incredible opportunity to to work with brands um i create content for tractor supply uh i create content for a clothing company called ag gear and I had the incredible opportunity to, for the first time in my life, visit the National FFA Convention as a content creator. Explain to people then that maybe not are not familiar with some social media platforms or, or any at all, how do you then monetize that? Is that because people are, as you mentioned, some of those sponsors working with you, so they pay you to create content that goes over your channels? Uh, is it money that you get directly from those platforms? Or how does someone that is out there creating videos about farming and agriculture make money through social media? Yeah, so everything that you just said is factual. So the platforms themselves all have some sort of creator fund or monetization program where um, you, in a way, you are bringing people to their platform. So therefore, when they sell ads, you're entitled to a cut of that. And that's generally based on the number of followers you have and then the amount of views you get. And so that is one way. The second way is to work with brands where you create content on your page for that brand. And so typically you see this with products or clothing or, or things like that, right? Um, a third way, and it's a way that I've really um, uh, come to enjoy, and that is creating content for the brand for them to post. And so, um, you know, as an example, for somebody listening who maybe is a, a row crop farmer, uh, and, and you know, you, you, you let's just say, <laughs> this is a really big sponsor, but let's just say John Deere reached out and they said, hey, we want you to create a video of you in, in a piece of equipment doing something and we're going to pay you, but you don't own the video. We own the video and we're going to post it in our marketing. And so that's the way that I, I have really been able to monetize uh, the, this whole social media thing. So Tyler, for you, whenever you are creating content for others, is that because you have a knack for being able to create content that goes well over social media? Obviously, you know, a deer or anybody out there can hire a media company and come out with cameras and produce content. So how did you find that you were producing content and it was content that people wanted? Was it something, in a sense, that you learned that other companies have not been able to reproduce? So that's a great question. And so I thought the same thing. Like, why wouldn't a brand just hire a production company and they'll bring professional cameras out and you know they'll bring actors and they'll essentially film a 45 second commercial for their page that costs that brand a lot of money and that type of professional content these platforms aren't designed for anymore these platforms are designed for very much organic content and the consumers are now wanting organic content, meaning content that is real, not content that is actors done with professional cameras in, in a set. 
So, so brands are starting to pick up on that. That's what made TikTok go so viral. So, you know, become one of the most downloaded apps in the world is because it was geared towards organic content, individuals making real content. And sure, there's people who are dancing, there's people who are lip syncing, and there's people like myself who are educating, but it's not utilizing professional filming equipment. It's not uh, bringing in hired actors. It is creating organic content. Brands are starting to realize that that's what the consumer wants and it's cheaper to make. And in some cases, it's more effective. If you're willing, I would be interested in you sharing some of the things that you've learned because I know, you know, some people listening to this are more a consumer of social media, but there are certainly lots of people that listen to our show that perhaps are creating or they're younger and they'd like to get into this side of, of the business of agriculture. What have you learned some of the do's and don'ts that have worked well and, and not so well for you? Absolutely. So the, I, before I answer that, I do want to say that if you do this right and you grind and you become dedicated to it, it can be a supplemental income for your farm. You know, first, that, that, that is so important for people to understand because people want to see what you're doing. People, people want to watch. And if people are watching, you can monetize that. But so some of the big do's, is a be authentic i cannot tell you how many times i've seen people try to a just repeat what other people are doing and that might work for other people but you're not that person you have to be yourself don't try to be something that you think people want you to be people again what what you're trying to do there is act and people want organic content they want to watch you be you and so uh, I always say, you know, people ask, are you really this smiley and happy all the time? I'm like, yeah, I really am. <laughs> like, this is just my life. Um, you know, do be dedicated at it. You can't expect your first video to go viral. You, you have to grind. You're going to post sometimes hundreds of videos without having much success, but it will happen. If you stay consistent at it and you constantly improve your content, then you will be successful. And so going into improving, that's another do, be willing to take criticism. I, I have a group of other agriculture content creators from all realms, whether it be dairy, uh, row crops, other produce guys, uh, orchard men. And we have a group text and we constantly, like our number one rule in the text is no compliments. So we'll make a video, we send it to the group text and everyone has to say something negative about the video so that we can improve as content creators. Okay. So some of the don'ts is, uh, again, don't act, don't, don't try to be something you're not. Um, don't, don't tell lies. Don't embellish what you're doing. What you're doing is important, especially as an agricultural producer. You, you are serving this country and in some cases the world. And so just show that. Don't, don't, don't try to embellish anything. Um, and don't give up. You know, the editing, the editing apps that you have that, that are out there for your phone, they, they can be complicated to learn. Um, not getting views. That can be really, really tough when, when you're putting so much work into it, but don't give up. Just just keep working at it. Keep grinding. Now, if I'm correct, I believe that a, a big majority of your viewers and followers are folks that aren't involved in production agriculture. So I'm interested then, what do you learn from them that we as folks in production agriculture should know? Because I think that you get a lot of good feedback and it has been a great avenue for you to share the world of agriculture with them. 
And so that that's a really big thing. You should be creating content for the largest audience out there. So, you know, there's lots of different statistics out there, but we can all agree that the ag, you know, the ag community, farmers, ranchers make up less than 2% of our country. And so if you're only trying to reach those 2%, well, your viewership is going to be small. You need to be creating content for as wide of an audience as you can. And so some of the things that I've learned is people want to see everything. You know, the the general public, the people who live in town or the people who, you know, who aren't involved in ag either every day or, or um, you know, any part of their life besides eating three times a day, they want to see everything. And so sh- sh- if you're willing to show them that. You know, don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't hold back. Don't be afraid to, to show you're going to get criticism, right? Everyone's going to get criticism. We all get criticism, but there's going to be so much more good that comes out of it. So, so don't, don't, don't hold back. Show them, show them everything. So you mentioned TikTok has been your major platform. Uh, just talk about the platforms for a moment, because a lot of us out there maybe have our favorite platform. We may use multiple ones. Is there any reason for you why TikTok? And are there ones that you would suggest, hey, these are great ones for farmers and folks in agriculture and these, well, maybe not. Or maybe it's just what you find that seems to work for you. Absolutely. So I originally started on TikTok because, again, my goal was to try to reach that FFA member crowd. And so to, in my, my first initial thought was that's where they were. Now I've learned a lot since then, and that's not necessarily true. And it really just depends on the type of content that you're wanting to create. And, and remember the type of content that you go into it at, at thinking that you want to create won't always, and in most cases, won't be the content that you end up creating. <laughs> and so you just need, you know, the, the, the major ones are TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, and so I use all of them and the predominant amount of content that I create are these short videos. So 30 to 45 second videos that are educational in nature. However, I, I have seen success on platform, on the platform, Facebook sharing photos. Um, Instagram used to be that way, but it's not really that way anymore. And then of course, YouTube is, is for your creators who, um, are creating this really long content, you know, two minutes to, to 30 minutes in some cases. Um, th- that's can tend to be more of like a blog style, which there's a lot of people that have a lot of success with it from all different types of agriculture. And in some cases, there's some YouTube creators and really all creators that it's almost therapeutic. They use it as a way to reflect on their operation. They use it as a way to, in some cases, show off their operation and, and really take pride in what they're doing. Hey, Tyler, before we wind up here, uh, you mentioned it toward the beginning, but for those of us that maybe don't consider ourselves creators, but yet we just simply like to view cool videos and pictures, I guess we're going to find you at, at Farmer Froberg on all platforms. How do we find you out there? That's right. You can find uh, my my page where I create my content uh, at Farmer Froberg on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. I'm pretty much everywhere. And you can even follow the family farm at Froberg's Farm if you want to see specifically what's going on at the farm right now, what we're growing, all the cool stuff we're doing. And I believe Froberg is F-R-O-B-E-R-G. Is that correct? That's correct. 
Hey, Tyler, I've really enjoyed the time. I hope that people uh, connect with you out there wherever they're going to connect with you and uh, keep doing all the, the cool videos. It's uh, really neat to see you out there. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. As Tyler mentioned, just type in Farmer Froberg on the Internet and you'll find lots of videos that he's produced. His work is not only a way to perhaps learn some things about the type of farming he does, but also see how he's able to connect with a much wider audience, a national and global audience, in fact. I was glad that Tyler made time to visit with us. And while this show, Farming the Countryside, is certainly not Farmer Froberg in social media reach, we do hope you'll follow our channels as well. You can follow Farming the Countryside on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We're always using those social media platforms to share more information, pictures, and videos during the week. And you can hear these shows in a variety of ways as well at farmingthecountryside.com, on many local radio stations, or on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time right here on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com.